Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I am joined on a special recap episode by the founder, Alex Burr. Thank you, Zach, for having me. Um, this is kind of an impromptu pod. We were not planning to do a um, podcast after last week. If you read the title description, um, you'll know why we're here. But I mean, I'm glad I got you on the train. I'll just say that. Yeah, let me let me just say before I introduce our guest here, I, I, I owe you an apology, Alex, because I, I put this show off for a long time and I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> so I'm sorry for not getting to it earlier, but the show is invincible. Uh, on Amazon Prime, and our guest is returning for the second time, Chris Logan. Chris, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me again. I'm doing uh, pretty pretty well for myself, yeah. <laughs> Chris was on a, a WandaVision episode uh, when that was still going on about five years ago, so that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. But uh, guys, we, we have some news to get to. Uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, the the Clone Wars spinoff, premieres tomorrow on Disney Plus. I'm gonna watch this. Don't get me wrong, but the hype is just not there. Unless you guys think it is, because I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it either. And this feels like a thing. I'm having surgery in a couple of weeks here. That feels like a thing I'm gonna put off till I have surgery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have nothing to do all day. So like, I'm not, I'm not anticipating it like I am. You know like I was WandaVision or even Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although I have to say um, the, the hype subsided, subsided for Falcon after after I saw Invincible. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, Chris, do you think there's any hype here? Because I'm a big Star Wars guy, and I, I, I see a lot of Star Wars posts on my Twitter feed, and I'm not seeing anything on this. Yeah, um, I think it you know it's a Star Wars property, so it's gonna it's gonna have hype a little bit. But like, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I'm like, they they probably could have like shelved this. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to be harsh or nothing, but it's just like, I'd rather have like a a show about some other people, and like the Bad Batch, honestly. But you'd rather have a Boba Fett show, perhaps. I was thinking um, Jar 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 Binks. <laughs> we need an origin story for him. No. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're a funny guy. You know. That? <laughs> yeah. Yo, Chris, that's actually on the new streaming service called Garbage Plus. Uh, you can you can find it there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I heard it was a a silent G, so garbage. Plus. <laughs> So oh, Chris he did. Charger Binks did nothing wrong. No, he didn't. He, he didn't. I don't think he did much right either. But that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> uh, and then Alex, do you want to take the lead on this MCU news? Because uh, this, uh, this is a flex. It was a total flex by them today. So it it sounds like they have a lot coming down the pipe here. Um, welcome back message today. And they're they're doing a mashup of past and upcoming movies. Is the Stanley voiceover, Zach? You're gonna have to explain what this is because I I was pretty busy today, so I didn't see what this was about. Yeah, so they basically did a montage of the Infinity Saga plus uh, some snippets from the upcoming stuff. 
and even some of the shows, I think. And Stan Lee was basically narrating this, welcoming uh, the fans back to the theater and stuff. So it was, I thought that was the coolest part of the thing was, besides the Black Panther thing, was just Stan Lee uh, narrating it. So, okay, let me finish these bullet points here. So you got our first Eternals trailer, which I still haven't watched, but hopefully uh, John and Rob are on the screen together. And then we got (laughs) Black Panther 2 is now Black Panther Wakanda Forever with a July 8th, 2022 release date. Um, And there was some other stuff today too, right? Like I know that's not all of it. Like they released the uh, release dates for like Captain, the new Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Chris, pretty exciting day for the MCU. No, it it really honestly is. um, uh, I know like um, I'm really excited for... um, you know, Spider-Man uh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. coming out December 17th of this year. Yeah, it's coming like, out this year, which is unbelievable. It's crazy because like, we're like getting like kind of I think like three or four films this year, if I, I'm mistaken. It's, but they're all like three of them are clustered like at the end of the year. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it, just, it just seems like we're not it's like it's been like a while since we got like, like so much MCU content, really. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, I mean. These shows, all due respect to the shows, I think all three of us have liked them, but to me, they're just kind of filler until the next movie, you know? I mean, I think they definitely, I mean, me and Alex have done shows on shows about those episodes, but (laughs) uh, they're good stories, no doubt about it, but we haven't had an MCU movie since Far From Home. That's ridiculous. I think we're we're getting pretty close to the two-year mark of not... Of Far From Home being released too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Black Widow is gonna be the next one. Uh, the Eternals. It was like ten seconds total about Eternals footage, but uh, Chris, I want I want your thoughts on this in particular because uh, I know you're a big comics guy. I was. I kind of fell out of it the past couple of years, but do you think this is the best cast out of the upcoming projects? This is a hell of a cast. Yeah, um, no, I'd agree. Um, I have like a lot of star studied of people in these uh these upcoming films, you know. But I mean, like, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's like a really nice cast of people, honestly. I mean, Angelina Jolie, <laughs> uh, Salma Hayek, Camille Nanjiani, uh, Alex referenced them, Kit Harrington, and Richard Madden, like <laughs> John and Rob, John and Rob, John and Rob. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're back for the first time since. Been ten years. <laughs> Winter is coming, Zach. That's all I have to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, and it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who just won like twelve Oscars last week. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and then I think the title change for Black Panther two, I thought it was really nice. Like it's a that's just a cool title, and obviously there's some meaning behind it. But I'm looking forward to that one probably more. Not more than No Way Home. I'm looking forward to No Way Home the most, but and Multiverse of Madness, but Black Panther 2 is up there for me. Yeah, I can't... I... So, okay, the first time I watched Black Panther, you know, we were just in, like, such a sweep of just, like... That's, like, an all-time MCU run, right? Like, you were in the run with, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, um... What else came like all these Infinity movies? Infinity War. Infinity War. All these movies came out like within like a year of each other. 
<laughs> and yeah. so like I kind of Black Panther kind of got lost for me. I watched it again recently and holy shit, it holds up. <laughs> like, it is a phenomenal film. It's awesome. And I really, I really can't wait to see what direction Coogler takes it in. Obviously, you know, we have the, the massive elephant in the room of Chadwick. Right. And I'll just, I'll just ask you guys, do we think that Shuri should be the new Black Panther? Or do we think that they should recast the child? I'll, I'll start with Chris here. I know this isn't on the agenda, but I figured I'd ask because it's like such a prevalent question. Um, all I really can say is like I think I think the Marvels want to try to like uh, play it safe with like um, with T'Challa. I, I guess like they probably they probably won't recast him. I, I think I thought I saw it somewhere. I can't like he said like he they weren't going to recast him. Yeah, he, I think he room. did say that. But like, um, I am kind of curious, like, what they're gonna do um, with the black man- Black Panther mantle going forward. So, I mean, it's definitely a hell of a question, Alex, because it's probably the most pressing question in the whole MCU at this point. Uh, I'm kind of with Chris. I think they'll play it safe. Um, I think Shuri will be the one. I think there's like a one percent chance. Killmonger is risen and redeems himself, but <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's clearly Shuri. Clearly, I mean, what do you, what do you think, Alex? I, I think they probably should recast T'Challa, right? Because there's a lot of story left to tell with T'Challa. That being said, I would agree with you guys that Marvel is probably going to play it very conservatively, and just like you know, they're not going to go for the home run here. They're going to go for the double. Right to use a, a baseball analogy, they're not uh, fuck the Cardinals. By the way, um, <laughs> hear that, Caleb? I Re- have to rewind it in case you didn't hear it. <laughs> I think that they should, but they're not. They're not going to. They're going to play it too safe, and I don't really blame them, especially because you had so many breakout characters coming out of Black Panther. You had Shuri. You had um, Nakia. You had. Um, Akoye, yeah, you had like all three of those characters are breakout characters, and then you know, again, I think that is, I think I would give it more than a one percent chance they they resurrect Killmonger. I would give it a fifteen percent chance. Okay, I think that it's. I'm not saying it's likely, and obviously, a fifteen percent is not likely. But Michael B. Jordan was such a rock star in that performance; you can't rule it out. So, I would um. I would say, where's Wallace? You know, resurrect, <laughs> resurrect, longer. Um, where's Wallace String? <laughs> Where the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> get this, get this payless mother- <laughs> motherfucker out of here! I want my own man. <laughs> one, but, one thing I would just add on this is. Uh, Kugler and Michael B. Jordan have worked together a lot, like a lot, at like three times that I know of, including the first Black Panther. So it's definitely not out of the realm for Kugler to bring him back, especially he's he's like a top 10 movie star right now. Like, I don't think even that that's up for debate. Like, he would be a major, that would be a major get for the second movie. And also, Ryan Kugler has reinvented a franchise once before. He reinvented the Rocky franchise. So I don't think uh with with Creed. So I don't think this will be obviously different circumstances here with Chadwick, but 
he can do it. Like I have the utmost confidence, especially with these Wakanda shows too. We didn't even mention those. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a, a lot of exciting Black Panther content coming down the way. I'm just glad we won't. Who's my uh, Who's my guy, Zach? Who with the accent that I always make fun of? Oh, Forrest Whitaker, right? <laughs> <laughs> His accent was terrible. Give Chris, it to us. Give it, it to agree. us. Agree, it was terrible. You will now have the powers of the Black Panther. <laughs> uh, you just brought back some bad memories for me, Alex. I was trying to forget that accent, man. Look, Forrest has his Oscar, and he showed up for one day on set and said, I'm doing this today and today only, and I'm out of here. <laughs> Chris, I don't think we've gotten your... Maybe Alex has off the record, but uh, I'd like to know where you put the first Black Panther in your MCU rankings because I'm like Alex. I watched this again recently. Top five easily for me. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I'd, I'd put it in my top five also, too. Um, but then, do you, you want me to like list my top five movies? Would, would you say it's the best? No, I'll, I'll have it at number five. Oh, okay. What do you think is the best? You know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. The best film, man. I think that's a unanimous opinion among this group of three. You came to the right spot, sir. You came to the right place. (laughs) I think actually I'd heard the hype from you, Chris, on the Winter Soldier. I think you were. And I didn't watch it for a little while, admittedly. It took me like a couple of years. But then when I did watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best. So, okay, what is your top five, Chris? Just out, out of sheer curiosity. Yeah, so um, yeah, Winter Soldier. Um, then I have um, Avengers: Infinity War. Um, Agreed. Then I have, uh, I have um, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll say a uh, End Game. End Game's number three. Um, number four, uh, Iron Man. Ah, yes. And then, uh, then Black Panther. So. <laughs> No Ragnarok. Ragnarok doesn't make it. That's my six. I say six. Six. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's tough. tough. It is really tough. Yeah. Um. I'll, let me just go ahead and give my five. So, Winter Soldier one. Yeah. I think Infinity War is two. Oh God, I have not done this in a while. Um, I think Ragnarok is three for me. <sighs> Man, Spider. I'll go Black Panther four and then Spider Man Homecoming five. I think Homecoming is ridiculously underrated. Like, I don't know how. Probably because it's not on Disney. But. Yeah, that might be why. Were you, were you going to say something there, Chris? Yeah, I was like, um, that was surprising. because like, I didn't know. Like, as I went back through, like, the catalog for, like, the MCU films. And, like, I noticed, like, the Spider-Man films weren't even on Disney Plus. But, like, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. But um, Disney and Sony made a deal where they're going to bring all, like, their films over to Disney Plus. Yeah. So I can finally get to watch uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 on repeat. <laughs> Don't torture yourself. <laughs> like the only thing that was actually no, it's like that's like my least favorite Spider-Man film, but it has like some of my favorite most Spider-Man like scenes. That's insane. Yeah, I mean not to get too off topic, but like I think Andrew Garfield was a pretty good Spider-Man, all things considered. His his like the second movie was just not great, you know. You don't agree? Um, I, I like um actually um no I I'll, I'll say like they say he has like charm with his Spider Man. It's like I couldn't see it with the first Amazing Spider Man, but I could see it like a little bit with the second one. 
Um, well, making him a skater dude was was not the no. Best. I never thought I'd see Peter Parker with a skateboard. No, I, like, I didn't like that at all. I was, I was disgusted. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I thought, I think Tom Holland's Peter had a skateboard too in Civil War, if I remember correctly. I think it I think, was like he, a, I think he did too, but he wasn't like riding on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah, I was like, what? That's, that's gross. <laughs> hey, Chris, you want to guess how many movies that director has made since Amazing Spider-Man 2? Was it, um, you're talking about Mark Webb? Yeah. You want to guess how many movies he's directed since then? Probably none. Zero. <laughs> rightfully, rightfully so, man. <laughs> this poor guy. We weren't even planning on talking about this guy. This guy's getting fucking roasted right now. <laughs> Over like, under um, zero movies for Mark Webb since 2014. <laughs> Take the and, under. <laughs> and like you should have like heard like the ideas he wanted to do from the Amazing Spider-Man three. Um he wanted to do like the clone saga. Um but that, that's like Oh a, yeah. And like I'm like, no. <laughs> not not too soon, dude. No, build up to it. But miss me with Rhino in live action, please. Yes, that was horrible. <laughs> Like they, they got a great actor and like put him in like a terrible role. Like I gave him a Russian accent. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I think what, what you that? what you guys need to do is you need to watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just bitch about how much you hate the movie. <laughs> I would listen to 90 minutes of that. I, I'll just say I'm I've never seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm riveted by YouTube just trashing this movie. Well, don't Alex. Don't see it. When it comes on Disney Plus, just just don't see it. Pretend it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that the redeeming quality was the that's probably like the main Spider-Man two had like the best looking Spider-Man suit to date in like live action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I actually have a take that the PS4 Spider-Man suit is the best. Oh um yeah, but the I'm sorry, it was like um, I'm thinking about the I'm I'm thinking about the classic suit. Um I'm sorry, it's like the one with the white spider symbol, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like I love that one too. You got a favorite, Alex? Favorite suit? I mean, it's Spider Noir from Spider Verse. Ah, yeah. I burn a match to my I burn a match to my fingertips just to see what, just to feel something, <laughs> anything. Uh, and before we get into the invincible part, good things we've seen lately, Alex. I know you've been watching something. Yeah, listen, I've just been, been like I wasn't feeling good this weekend, so I binge watched Harley Quinn, the HBO animated series and let me tell you this show like i don't know how like i hadn't heard anything about this show it's fucking great like it's really really compelling storylines like it's one of those shows where like i you think you can throw it on in the background but then the plot's fun enough like they have like honest to goodness like a heartbreaking mr freeze plot in the show they have you know they just have so much good stuff like i i don't feel like i'm not gonna spoil anything obviously but if you're looking for a good way to kill 20 minutes the harley quinn show is not a bad it's not a bad place to spend it wouldn't be the first heartbreaking mr freeze storyline <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, what Chris, you, got, you been Chris? watching anything um no, actually, no. I um, I wanted to get back actually to watch um, Holly Quinn again, also because like I remember I, I watched it when it first came out, and I was like, and I really liked the show too. I say like, yeah, I was like, I had to recommend that show to you, uh, Zach, if you haven't watched it already. 
Well, I'll check it out. I'm on uh, HBO quite a bit, so I'll check it out. Uh, for me, besides Invincible, uh, I watched... It's actually a movie for me. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I watched, ah, that. I watched yeah. that last night. Just truly a groundbreaking film. <laughs> and uh, I did some research on it after I watched it. Roger Ebert had it in his top 10 movies of the 1980s. Wow. He had it like number eight. He loved it's it. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in forever, but it's a good movie. It's really good. Really good. What's it streaming on? So I, I think I might watch that tonight. Disney Plus. Mm, really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think that would be on Disney Plus, actually. <laughs> I didn't Disney. either. I thought it would be on HBO, but it's on Disney Plus. It's like I was like scrolling through like uh, different sections. And I just seen it on, on Disney Plus. And I'm like, is this like... <laughs> Is this like for like children or something? I don't think they should watch like have it on here. Disney uh, yeah. Disney took advantage of the five seconds of Mickey Mouse and they were like, <laughs> This is a Disney property. <laughs> I remember like I remember one thing about that movie. I distinctly remember it not being for children. <laughs> there are a lot of like sex references. But I'm a saying lot of heavy drinking. Like it's it's not. It's not. Like Roger Rabbit Robert. Roger Rabbit. Ugh, try saying that ten times fast. He tries to off himself a couple times, doesn't he? <laughs> they yeah. kill. They killed cartoons. Boiled them alive. What? Uh, oh man. Um, we might have to talk to. I, I have my boy Bobby I on the uh, speed dial here. <laughs> I have to talk to him. See what's up. See what Iger says. Uh, all right, guys, getting into the show. Invincible. Uh, it was eight episodes, right, for the for season one. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll just say best, best new show of 2021 that I've seen so far. Do you guys? Do you guys agree? And nothing else has come out that I could disagree with. So. No, I, I agree. It's the, it's it's the best show that's out this year. I mean, that's including the two Marvel shows, which are probably, regardless of superhero or not, the those are the three like biggest new shows this year i would say um chris i want to give you the floor here since you said you read some of some invincible books uh how faithful do you think this show was to the to the source material i know kirkman was involved so there's definitely going to be uh some creative stuff there but what what do you think um so like i guess like for one thing um one thing i really appreciate about the show is that like they they changed some of the characters around to actually like um I guess like portray the actors a little bit more, or like more made for them. So like um, a good example was um, I forgot um, it's a, it was Mark's girlfriend. Um, I'm drawing the blank on her name. Oh, Amber. Amber yeah. yeah, she's um, well, she's white in the comics, but her voice actress is black, and they made that change over to it. Um, I'll say like I don't know if, like in terms of like um the Guardians of the Globe, like the first iteration um. I'm here with you guys. Um, they all got killed in like four panels in the in the comic book. Like uh, they they really no they stood no chance against Omni Man the comics. So like here they put up like five percent of a fight, but in the yeah, comics yeah. it was like no chance. Yeah, he, he mopped the floor with them. <laughs> you know, I, I think it was funny because like the immortal was like the only one who seemingly put up any fight of it at all but then even then omni-man just absolutely mopped the floor with him twice yeah. twice 
Omni Man! Omni Man! Also, did they imply that um I, or that the immortal was once Abraham Lincoln? Uh yeah. Um I guess oh. like like you could say like he's lived different made many different lives. I think he was also King Arthur too. Wow. Wow. And I think Julius Caesar, if I'm if I remember. <laughs> You would think people would recognize this motherfucker and say, hey. He's like uh, the Vandal Savage. Just like keeps, yeah. keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah, like a more heroic Vandal Savage. That's like that's like my, when I first read a comment, that's, like, that's where I was getting um, from that. So. Vandal Savage, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it's been renewed for two more seasons, which, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, we'll get into Prime's original content later, but I think it definitely needed this for mm. just for its content. Uh, and I made this correlation to Alex off the record, Chris, but I got some some Spider-Man vibes in terms of the storytelling. Like Mark's a high schooler. Uh, we're seeing his relationship issues. Kind I think like Eve and Amber were like his MJ and Gwen, mm. and it's not there yet, but like it's gonna be a large rogues gallery, like yeah. a huge rogues gallery. We kind of saw that at the end of the finale. So, do you, do you agree with that, Spider Man? No, I, I hardly agreed. Um, I think that was kind of like the attention um, Robert Kirkman had when he like first started writing Invincible back in two thousand three, two thousand four, I believe. Yeah, Something like, like that. A lot of similarities. Yeah, I think I think Invincible's first. Uh, Appearance was 2002, so that's about right. Um, Alex, do you agree with that? Spider-Man correlation? Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah, like, it's it's down to, like, the T, right? Like, oh, I think, actually, I think Spider-Man Homecoming of, like, the most recent Spider-Man movie iterations has captured that balance the best, where it's, like, it's a kid, and he tries to be, you know, like... He's trying to be a kid, right? He's trying to be with um. I don't remember the the girl's name that he's trying to get um, with. And it's a uh, Liz. Liz, that's right. Ah. He's trying to get with Liz in Homecoming, and then you know also he has he finds out that Liz's dad is basically a terrorist, and then like obviously different circumstances here. Mark's own dad is the terrorist, which makes things and obviously a lot more than a terrorist. But you you guys get what I'm saying? Where that's a good point right there. It's honestly. I'm not saying they stole the plot because I mean, obviously, Invincible came out a long time before. Here's here's a cockamamie theory that I can't be proved. And I'm, I'm not going to say I believe this 100% because I would not like to be sued. Maybe Marvel got inspiration from Homecoming from Invincible. Ah. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Probably not, but I, 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 you know, maybe, maybe the uh, MCU team. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying. But I'm just saying. <laughs> this was a uh, Image Comics, right, Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so Image, for the listeners, Image. Would you think it's fair to say, Chris, Image is like the the third wheel? Yeah, um, yeah. Image is like the third biggest comic company at the moment right now. I yeah, at the moment I think so. I think, but honestly, they have like way better stories right now than DC and Marvel been putting out in terms of comics. Yeah, I I heard DC's in a rough spot with their stuff. Like it's not yeah. good right now. That's what I heard. <laughs> it's it's sad, but it's the truth, man. <laughs> Just like their movies, they they suck. 
Uh, Mortal Kombat was gonna as a savior. <laughs> hey, Mortal Kombat! I saw that. I should have said that one. Good things I've seen lately. I saw that. I'm not gonna say it's good. I saw it on Friday in the theater, just to get back in the oh. theater, and uh, I, I was entertained. I was entertained. Very entertained. Did it get yeah. the? Ju- oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. So I'll say yeah. I um, I'll say it like this. It was a good action film, but like as a Mortal Kombat film, it was a. It, it could have been better. I think the 1995 version was like still better a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I think bringing in the new, like the totally new character, Cole, mm-hmm. uh, that probably could have been Johnny Cage. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But like, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, Zach, but I know like um, Cole, like he wasn't, he wasn't like an annoying character. He was just oh, like, I liked him. Yeah, he's a decent character, but um. You know they're they're gonna save Johnny for like the sequels, you know. Yeah. But they have to get like someone who's like can play, um, who can be like really charismatic to get like uh, to capture Johnny Johnny Cage's dickness. So. Yeah, exactly. They they need there's like a movement to try and get Ryan Reynolds to play Johnny Cage. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a that's a little too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. He can only handle so many dicky parts. You know. I mean, he's already got one right now so yeah. i was gonna say they can um get jk simmons to play johnny cage oh <laughs> older johnny cage i like it yeah uh who had the best arc in invincible and I'll, I'll start with alex here i'm gonna go off the board here i think robot had the best arc you know what good for you that's a good call <laughs> i think that like it's weird because not weird but like you go into the show thinking like, oh, this is just going to be about Invincible. This is just going to be about Invincible. But think about like everything Robot does in the series, right? Like he comes out in episode two and he's like, you know, the charismatic leader of the whatever the equivalent of the team type, the teen squad, I think is what it was called. I don't I don't remember. Uh, exactly. It was teen um, team. Yeah. Yeah. Team team. Teen team. Yeah. So he's the he's the, t- the leader of the teen team who's figuring out all the ways to defeat these aliens and figuring out that they age very quickly in Earth's atmosphere. And then, you know, unbeknownst to the audience, he breaks out the Mahler twins in episode three. And then this starts this plot of the Mahler twins. And again, we don't know it's robot until like what episode six, I want to say. It's late. It's late in the series. And then not only that, he's trying to help Monster Girl, um, who every time. Every time she ages, loses like a week off her life. She said she's like 24, but she looks like she's 12. (laughs) And I like. (laughs) Even the fucked up part of Robot's arc when he's trying to revive himself and make himself a real person, because he's like an embryonic sack, right? Basically, like he's like a really like he's just like an embryonic sack. His like brain is like ginormous. And he takes Rexplosion's body. <laughs> or is it just Rexplode? I think it's just Rexplode. <laughs> but he takes Rexplode's DNA <laughs> and then he's they're all like looking at him like why the fuck did you take rex floods dna when they become the uh <laughs> the guardians of the globe they're like that's super fucked up <laughs> and then obviously they didn't have time to expound on it because omni man started going ape shit at the end of episode seven but i think that robot like i think it was fascinating character arc and like i'm really glad they included it it's not like some useless b plot i thought it really got somewhere yeah I, I totally agree it definitely did that's a great pick because I had uh, Zachary Quinto in our voice cast segment as like doing a hell of a job, but as robot, but I totally agree. 
when he when he came out and when you were talking about the sack he was in, like that his actual body. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, Cartman. It's Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> Just shriveled up Cartman in a in a tank. <laughs> but uh, Chris, who do you think had the best arc? I have to agree with uh, Alex on the the robot. Um, wow, robot's redemption arc. I mean, not redemption arc. It's his arc overall. I did not think we'd have a two for two so far. I thought I was going off the board here. <laughs> wow, I like that. I like that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the board. I'm gonna go Adam Eve. I'm gonna go Adam Eve. Uh, not my. Uh, yeah, probably my favorite character, Adam Eve. Uh, you know how we get these typical, like, these stereotypical, like, weakly written female characters, especially in this genre, quite frankly. Like, Rex was a dick, tried to get her back, and she was just like, no. And the typical, the typical weakly written female character would take the dick back. <laughs> So, okay, let me set up a little bit of context for those. Actually, if you've seen the show, but like in case you need a reminder, because it has been a while, Rex Blode was cheating on uh, was cheating on Adam Eve with four of the duplicate. <laughs> so I, I understand why she had, may have had some hard feelings. Yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad they went that way because I was like, man, no way, dude. Like, don't take don't take this dude back. Like, come on. And she didn't. And I was like, thank God, some some smart writers. <laughs> I bet a female wrote this part. <laughs> you know who low-key had some uh, some great character development? Black Samson. Not going to get nominated uh... by any of us. but And obviously he was a lot more of a bit character than some of the other characters. But I mean, hardened veteran of the group, you know, doesn't have any superpowers and then he regains the superpowers after the battle beast fight. Who, who knew getting fucked up was the way to get your superpowers back, right? <laughs> he's but, the glue guy. The glue guy. Yeah, he's the glue guy. And I think that, you know, like he did a good job of being, you know, because all the guardians of the globe are young as fuck. Like, I think that's yeah. one of the things you could clean from it. The new guardians of the globe after um the old ones got wiped out. After the Our, genocide I, of the originals. Chris, I know you've read the, the comics for Invincible, so I, I'm not going to ask you this, but Zach, what was your favorite um, hero knockoff among the original Guardians of the Globe? <laughs> and Chris, if you, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you answer this too, but is your favorite, Zach, what was your favorite hero knockoff of the Guardians of the Globe? <laughs> Probably uh, Omni-Man, uh, just a total ripoff of Superman. Just total ripoff. Comes from another planet, can't be killed. <laughs> No weakness. I know Superman has one weakness, but Omni Man has none. Like, I mean, or does he, Chris? Does he have any weaknesses in the books? Um. So yeah, like um, you can. I guess, like, I guess their weakness is um, it's something like it's like a certain frequency. Um, I think they mentioned it like a little bit in the show. I may be mistaken, uh, but but if you're able to like um hit a certain frequency, they get weakened by that, and that's how you can um and kill them. Hmm. But that that would be mine. Also, uh, I forget what they called them, but there was a flash ripoff in there as well. <laughs> the Red Rocket, I think it was, or something so, like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah total flash ripoff. Uh, uh, Chris, what's your what's your ripoff? Uh, it was uh, Darkwing. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> 
know, I actually thought Darkwing was going to play a, a solid part in the series and then uh, was was decimated in the at the end of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we were making wire references earlier. Do you realize that Cuddy was the uh, Martian man? Kid Cuddy? No, Cuddy from the uh from the wire. Oh, oh, oh really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm reading through the Wikipedia page right now. Chad Coleman and Chad Coleman Cuddy from the I don't remember I don't know know Cuddy's last name but one of the great wire characters wow yeah this is a loaded cast I mean we're not going to get to all of them but it's a loaded cast like Alex you said Mahershala Ali's in this show Mahershala Ali two-time Oscar winner future Blade (laughs) is in this show like as a side character (laughs) I'll just say real quick my favorite is War Woman Uh, ah yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty Couldn't bad. be a more blatant riff if they tried. <laughs> that's really bad. Uh, I know some other ones I throw out there. Um, Cecil, I like. I really like Cecil, and uh, William, Mark's friend. <laughs> oh man, that his is fucked up. <laughs> this dude, uh, yeah, he he goes through he goes through some stuff on this show. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. You know how like Bill Simmons has that thing like unintentional comedy. Yeah, it's not a funny scene, but when I don't remember the guy's name that he was um he was in love with, but when he describes how he had sex with him at the park and the <laughs> evil guy's like that's way too much detail, I died laughing even though I probably wasn't supposed to. <laughs> like <laughs> this show's like that though. <laughs> You know, you laugh you laugh at the parts you probably shouldn't be laughing at. <laughs> and I, I also totally love how Cecil totally just em- ended up employing that guy, even though he like was like, Oh Mark, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna employ the guy. I'm not gonna employ the uh I don't remember his name, but that guy was a fucker. <laughs> he was. Voiced by Ezra Miller. The Flash. Ezra Miller. Oh wow. yeah, he was, yeah. He do, he do have a, a Star City like voice cast for the show. Yeah. <laughs> DA Sinclair, that's his name. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That fucker. <laughs> he is a fucker. Uh, Chris, if you had to get more of something from season one and season two, what what would you what would you ask for? Uh, I'd have to say, um, honestly, I just want to see like a more battle beast. Honestly, yes. we need to see more of him. It's like <laughs> there's like a few minutes he was on screen. Um, I forgot what episode it was in, but like we just like knew like he's like someone that's not uh, to be messed with. I agree, Battle Beast. Alex? I, I, this is not what I want to see, but I really wish Omni-Man and Battle Beast would have fought because I feel like Battle Beast could have given Omni-Man a run for his money. Mm-hmm. Like, And I, I know that I know that probably he couldn't have, <laughs> but I, I would have liked to have seen it. And I don't know. I want to see where they progress the storyline. Cause I legitimately don't know where they go from here. Right. Like, are they going to go back to like more high school shit? Is Mark going to go through like a Rocky training montage? Um, I suppose that's what I'd want to see. I want to see if Mark can actually become stronger and can actually fight people back. Oh, and more of Alan, the alien. I want to see that too. Do you think this, do you think this show is going to pick up like right after uh, the finale or you think it's going to be a little in the future? maybe like a month or so or maybe even a year after season one and Mark's like 
got some got some experience. What do you guys think? I'll I'll let Chris start on this one because I'm curious to see what he thinks. Yeah, I uh, I think they're probably like going like if maybe a few months after um what happened with Omni Man uh probably more so just like, like Mark's like he's gonna be like a little bit more seasoned and whatnot uh, with his training and stuff. That's that's what I think they'll do. I think it'd be I think it'd be a smart way to do too. Yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say I think that'd be the smartest way to do it. Alex, what do you think? I think they got it. They can't start right after because first they need to show like Mark and Debbie kind of moving on, right? And I think that that's gonna be paramount for season two, where we said William went through some shit. <laughs> Debbie, Debbie, <laughs> Debbie got the shaft. <laughs> when when Omni Man said. I love your mother like a pet. That might be the most heartless line I've heard in a superhero show. Like it, and I've watched the boys season one, right? They say some, like that show is pretty nihilistic with the way they approach superheroes. And that is more fucked up than anything. Any of them have said on that show, like incredibly fucked up. And I want to see, that's kind of one of the things I want to see where I want to see how they progress from this Omni-Man attack and how Cecil, Cecil too. That's another storyline I'm looking forward to. Like how does Cecil prepare for the defense of earth? Cause Alan, the alien said, Viltrumites don't just go away on their own. Like how Nolan did after the fight. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but they are going to come back and I want to see how they combat that. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, real quick, favorite moment from the whole season, Chris? What do you, What do you have? Uh, I'd have to say, um, my favorite moment. Uh, it has to be the the train scene. As much as fucked up as it was, yeah. But that yeah. it was it was fucked up. It was. <laughs> it just shows like Omni fans like just just does not care. Doesn't care, dude. <laughs> I know. I said he was a. Uh, knock off of Superman but it would be like if Superman like broke bad and just didn't give a shit that's probably how it would go exactly yeah my favorite moment I would say actually happens about right after that and I love I love the train scene right it's probably what's going to stick in my head for the rest of my life about this episode but I love the part where Omni-Man just gives up because Mark's not giving up, right? Like, he's beating the shit out of Mark. And Mark just, like, even though Mark is in a physically incapacitated state, he's not really giving up. He's not saying, Dad, stop. And then, you know, the whole baseball flashback scene, because the um, him, because Mark not having any teeth reminds Nolan of that. And then he gets up and he yells at Mark. He's like, in 500 years, all the people you love are going to be gone. And what are you going to have? And... Mark says, I'll still have you, Dad. And I, it was beautiful. Like, I mean, honestly, a beautiful mo- Like, up there with season eight or episode eight of the WandaVision season. Like, I, I would probably say more so. Even Omni-Man was like, damn. And Omni-Man, like, Mark wasn't physically stronger than Omni-Man. But the reason he's a hero is because he's more assured in his convictions than Omni-Man and because I'm I you guys Omni-Man is very assured in his convictions that Viltrum should rule the universe but 
Mark is like, oh, hey, I want to be the best person I can be. I want to save the world. And I think that's what made, I think that's Mark's super, like kind of like how we said Sam Wilson's superpower is empathy in the um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would say that that kind of applies to Mark here. Like his superpower is believing in the goodness of humanity. And I think that that's, you know, his not going to give up even in spite of the circumstances. I think that to me made it the best moment. What was your moment, Zach? Well, I just want to say one thing on that. Cause I think Chris, I think you'll agree with this. I, I was telling Alex before you hopped on that, uh, I'm glad they didn't have Mark pull this upset and beat Omni-Man. He just got his ass kicked because that's how it would go, right? No, yeah. It's, um, and like, with, like, with, um, with Omni-Man, he's like in his, his physical prime. And it's like Mark's just like, he's just like in his powers. Like, well, like he's at his powers for like a few months. It's like he's not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Omni-Man. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah I mean, it wasn't he, you were talking about how he mopped the floor with the guardians in the books. He did more than mop the floor. He mopped and then he vacuumed and then he <laughs> laid down some new carpet. That's what he did. Like, he just destroyed it. <laughs> uh, but my favorite moment is probably, it's kind of like Chris's little fucked up, but Omni-Man surgically destroys the guardians of the, of the globe. Just destroys them because it was like, Oh, you think this show is going to be like this? Actually, it's going to go. It's going to take a hard left right here. <laughs> That's what it did. I mean, you're, you're thinking Mark is going to learn from his dad. Yeah, but the Guardians too. And the Guardians just get wiped the fuck out. And that's it. And it's just a turn. I would compare it. Speaking of Winter Soldier, I would compare it to like S.H.I.E.L.D. getting like upturned upside down because like you didn't see that coming you thought of shield as like this upstanding organization that couldn't be touched and yeah we didn't know the guardians that long as long as we knew shield but that's how they were portrayed so it just got just got turned upside down so i really i really liked what i did to move the story ahead uh i want to talk about what invincible means for this kind of like alternative superhero take we've seen it with like Alex is talking about the boys. We've seen it with the boys and just how it feels to get a non MCU or DC show. And I had some notable ones down. One of them was the boys and the other one was the walking dead. And I can't think of any other ones. Am I, am I missing any? I mean, do you guys know of any? It's a DC property, but I would say the Watchmen show was a, like it felt disassociated from every other, like it, that fits it. I wouldn't say it's a clean fit in this category, but like, even though it's a DC comic, like Damon Lindelof made the show. Um, it was had very, very graphic portrayals of um, some sexual acts that I'm not going to describe <laughs> on this podcast. Chris is nodding his head. He knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like it was a, just a completely different take on superhero shows. I, w- I would add that to the list, even though again, it is DC, but just like, that take, and I need to watch the the Watchmen movie too, but the show I would say is in this category, even though it, again is a DC show. Yeah, Chris, are we missing any here? Walking Dead and the Boys and Watchmen. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Um, unless you guys count, um, I think Jupiter Rising. That's like another alternative show. Uh, I think it's on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, I'll count it. Yeah, we've only got three, so I'll count it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's it. And I, I really like. I think I honestly think that's why the boys and this Invincible are so popular is because it's not like more the same. It's it's different. You like. I know Chris and other people that have read the books knew about Invincible, but like Alex and I, I didn't know who the fuck Invincible was a month ago. <laughs> so exactly. get, getting these new characters and getting to know them through a show and not uh, something I've read in a book before. So I just, I just thought, I think that's the biggest reason. I mean, any other reasons you guys uh, want to bring up? Chris? No, I, think I don't have any, no. I what attracted me to the show was just like it felt different, right? Like I had a pit in my stomach after watching every episode, right? Especially after, like, okay, from my understanding, Chris, and I'm pretty sure this is right, and you can confirm or not. In the books, the Omni Man thing happens a lot later than in the show. Like, I think that happens like way later into the book than it does in the show. I think it's actually an issue. Issue 12, I believe, if I remember correctly, that's when it happens. So it's, it's, it's like out of issue 12 out of like 150 issues. It's okay, but like relatively close timelines then. But like, yeah. I mean, 12 issues in versus the first episode, I would say still a little bit of a difference there. But like once that happens and then you see like, you know, they're trying to merge like basically a murder mystery with the world's greatest superhero and spider-man right like i think all those elements combined together like really made me love the show like i love the show and i don't normally watch more than two episodes of a show at a time like i i'm just not built like that you know but i just i couldn't help myself i watched all like i started watching after the fifth episode i binged all five at once and i was mad because i had to wait a week (laughs) for the next episode but like I, once I saw the first episode, I was hooked. And then the rest of them, there wasn't a fall off in quality after the shock. Like after, you know, the, the twist, I thought like after the twist, it maintained a level of consistency and the quality of the show. What did you think, Zach? I would agree. There was definitely no discernible dip. If anything, it got better. I mean, if anything, it got better on the way through. I just, I think this is, I think this is a good uh, segue into our next topic because I just think it's really important. This is, I think this is monumental for prime in terms of like original content. I wrote some down here on the doc. We have, uh, the boys, obviously marvelous. Mrs. Maisel, which I have not seen. And let's be honest, never will. Uh, Jack Ryan, Bosch, which my dad loves Bosch. My dad, if it's if it's spy related, my my dad's gonna sit down and he's gonna watch it. He pretty sure that show has a lot. I I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure like again going back to the wire, a lot of wire connections in that show. I think I a think uh, Daniels is in it. I don't know who else, but I I know. Um, is it Marlo in it? I know Daniels is in it. I don't know about I don't know about Marlo, but same thing with Jack Ryan. Like Bunk Bunk is in Jack Ryan. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I had, Sneaky Pete, which I've never seen, but I've heard is good. And a new one called uh, Small Axe, which has like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you put any stock in Rotten Tomatoes. So 
I just think it's going to do wonders for Prime. I mean, they're really, you know, compared to like Netflix and I guess you can count HBO as a streaming service and Hulu. Like, I feel like they're way behind in original content. Am I, are you guys getting that feeling too? I would say so. I mean, like, I only know the boys in this. That's the only thing that I've ever gone out of my way to search out on Amazon Prime. Like, and I think that this show, you know, like, it seems like they got a larger budget because of the actors they had in it. And hopefully this, like, I like the boys, right? And I think the actors they have in it are great. I'm not saying that. But, like, what stands out between, to me at least, between this show and the boys, besides Omni-Man being way more terrifying than Homelander, um, <laughs> is that that quality of, like, the voice acting slash acting is a lot di- a lot different. And it skews in Invincible's favor. Like, Steven Yeun, Sandra Oh, um, we'll talk about these people more later, but J.K. Simmons, Mark Hamill, right? Obviously, an animated show has a smaller budget than a live action show. I get that. But hopefully this says, hopefully this signals to Amazon that we can expand our budget for shows and, you know, hopefully make better ones. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it does. I mean, Chris, do you watch any? I'm assuming you've seen The Boys, haven't you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I've seen the boys. Um, and I'll say I'll say like this. It's like a side note. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard a term like how like sometimes like like a book might be better than like the show or like a show. Um, I'll say like the show actually was way better than the book for the book. The boys. It's like um. Wow. The boys comic had like it had like a lot of hit and miss stuff. I mean, honest with you guys, but like um the show like kind of fixed a lot of its um its some um, shortcomings and made it a lot way better. Um. That's what I believe, but but um yeah, I um I say yeah, I think Prime actually is like on to come up with like some like more um content. Um I'm kinda surprised you didn't mention um Apple TV uh plus Oh yeah. But I mean like they, they ain't got no content, let's be honest. They, yeah, they, they don't have, have anything. Yeah. So Prime's ahead of Apple at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but we're we're not talking a very high bar here, guys. <laughs> But, I can uh, and Disney I can Plus jump over too. It. I think I Disney Plus over. is already past Prime in terms of original content. Mm. I, but okay, here's the thing, right? Like, so Disney Plus has what? So they have Mando, they have, and they have the two new MCU shows, right? And Clone Wars, if you want to count that as their original, I don't. Uh, I, I, that's, we'll, we'll say season eight. Season eight was season eight. Okay, yeah, season eight. Yeah. I never caught season eight, but I, I love the Clone Wars. But I've never seen season eight. Yeah, uh, that's another post surgery thing to add to my list. I don't think any of those shows, as much as I love The Mandalorian, as much as I love Wandavision, and as much as I was meh on um, Falcon, I think that Invincible is the superior show. I agree, all three of them, and I think the boys, frankly. I'd rather watch WandaVision probably than the boys because I thought WandaVision was very entertaining, but it's close. <laughs> like, it's not like either, like, it could really go either way. And, you know, that means something, right? Like, I think having the quality shows, hopefully they get more, right? Like, HBO has such a decided advantage in this because <laughs> H- they, there's no HBO Max original shows. <laughs> they have the fucking Sopranos, they have The Wire, they have Entourage, they have all these fucking shows from years past. Yeah. They they have such a decided advantage, but that's why I'm hesitant to call them a streaming service because, like, their HBO is like a regular TV channel, and Netflix is not. <laughs> I mean, I think the Harley Quinn might be HBO like streaming exclusive. 
I'll double check, uh, but no, it it wasn't. It was actually um, it was on the DC Universe app. I'm not sure if you guys heard of that. Oh, what like, a failure that was. Yeah, I was like, I was surprised. It's like that's when I was watching Doom Patrol. Um, and I love that on there, but then like they were moving that stuff over to like HBO Max, and it's like, what's the point of having Disney? Uh, I mean, <laughs> DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. So like, got rid of that and got Disney. I mean, I keep saying Disney, <laughs> HBO Max. <laughs> I'm sorry. How long did DC Universe last? A year? I think so. Oh, man. It has so much promise, though. Like, you can just, like, watch shows and read comics on the app. It was, I thought that was a pretty cool feature, honestly. That's Features. cool, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea. And putting the shows on there, I thought definitely. Like, you could watch Batman the Animated Series. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, in my opinion, I don't think it's a hot take. Best cartoon of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Regardless of genre. Hmm. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was like it's. Like, I feel like it's other. It's been like other shows of like um that could be like in the same talk as like uh I mean like the greatest like superhero show of all time or something. Oh yeah, oh it's probably the best superhero show of all time. Yeah, it's up there. Greatest I cartoon think, maybe was a little too far. Yeah, like you're competing with The Simpsons there. I think The Simpsons has that one that. Down Pat Zach. Uh, I prefer Batman over The Simpsons, but yeah. No, I, I agree, Zach. I, <laughs> I prefer Batman over The Simpsons, too. I mean, I do, too, but come on South now. Park. They... South Park's in there. South Park is in a, like, South Park is like a secretly one of those, how the fuck has this been on the air so long shows? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like Omni-Man with their humor. They, just, they don't care. They don't care. They'll do anything. <laughs> and you know what? It's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. The, the Scientology episode of South Park, just to go off on like the smallest tangent, is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's not a surprise that I don't think you can stream it on like HBO at all. I'll have to double check. Uh, but because they got sued in a fucking oblivion by the Church of Scientology. And didn't care. They're like, bring it on. Bring it on, please. <laughs> I, I think in the episode description, and I don't know if you see that episode. First of all, it made the guy who played Chef quit. Because yeah. he is a Scientologist. Mm. And then Isaac Hayes. Yeah. And then in the um episode, like in the credits, all the um the credits were either John Doe or John Doe and Jane Rowe. <laughs> like that was all the <laughs> well, well, I, I didn't catch I didn't catch that. Like, it's been like a couple of years since I've seen that episode. Like thinking about it now, like wow. That, it's crazy what stirred up a lot of controversy like 10 years ago yeah like, compared to now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh well let's get into that because that's my next question here what why don't we get more superhero cartoons because i have in our notes here the 90s it was just really a boom with like batman x-men spider-man like that's you can't beat that trio right there that's awesome also, they just took Spider-Man off Disney Plus for no good reason. Why? Did you notice that, Chris? It was um, I'm trying to. It was it uh, the animated series? Yeah, the '90s. They took it off. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, that's like another show. Like, what? What are we doing? Why? I mean, yes, <laughs> that's weird. I'm like. I don't, I don't I don't know if like Sony owns the rights to the show because I know like, it was like a it was on it was a Fox show. Yeah, it was it was on Fox so, Kids. So like, yeah, so I think Disney should have their own right rights to those since they own Fox, right? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, copyright know. is just like a weird thing. The streaming wars, they never stop. Yeah. Uh, so you had those three in the 90s. And then in the 2000s, you had Batman Beyond, which wasn't on very long, but I, I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you had Justice League and Teen Titans. Not the Teen Titans Go bullshit, the actual Teen Titans. And then, like, last decade, I have in all caps, nothing of significance. Am I wrong? Um, no, I'd ha- I have to disagree with that. Oh, um, please do. Uh, I'd have to. Well, are we going to talk more about it? Or are you want me to get my take right now on it? Right, give your take. We're on it. Uh, so, like, there, again, I guess, like, in the 2010s, I mean, it kind of was a little, maybe like a little bit bare bones. But I mean, like, have you seen the show um, Young Justice? Oh, I have not. I heard it's good, though. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's really good. That's that's on HBO Max if you want to watch it or something. Um, I'm trying to think of some more shows. I mean, uh, hell, Harley Quinn. Yeah, but, yeah. We call it. We I call mean, it it's it's 2019, so I mean, we're, we're stretching a little on 2010s, yeah. but fits. Uh, I was gonna say, um, uh, Wolverine and the X Men. That was another ah, great show. Yes. Um, has there been a bad X Men show? I don't think there has. No, and I and I forgot. Um, in the two thousands, uh, there's been um, X Men Evolution. That's another show. That was really That's also good. Yeah, Static Shock as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Static Shock and uh, like Batman Beyond, they weren't on that long, but they were really good. Like, yeah, they were really good. Yeah, um, they really they really were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What caused the stoppage, guys? Because you guys mentioned some in the 2010s, but like, they don't compare the 90s and 2000s. I think it's fair to say. So, what what caused the stoppage? And I'll throw it to Alex. Why why don't we get more superhero cartoons? I mean, probably because people probably care more about the movies now, which I think is going to work in DC's favor as they make more shows, because they'll you know their universe is such a fucking mess. But like, if you're Marvel. Or if you're Sony, like with the X-Men, I know the X-Men franchise, in the, especially in the later years, was a joke. But I mean... <laughs> what, Dark still, Phoenix? Dark Phoenix, Alex? I mean, I never saw it, and I don't think I ever will. It, it's on HBO Max if you want to, you know. Oh, it. Disney didn't want it. Disney didn't want it. <laughs> Damn. That's cold. Because they Disney have all the other... Ex- it. <laughs> oh, and then HBO Max also has the New Mutants, too. I forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> Like, and plus, I do think that now we're focusing more on life. Like, we're in the era of prestige TV, right? <laughs> like, you know, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, um, The Wire, The Sopranos, um, Deadwood, like all these, you know, prestige Lost. Lost, yeah. All these, like, prestige TV shows. And I think people, like, let's just go to, like, a not superhero show, but, like, Bojack Horseman, I think, was the first one of the first cartoons that really turned the tide back in the cartoon favor because how many cartoons were like how many adult cartoons like obviously you have like the sitcom ones like family guy and south park and the simpsons right like those three and then you know the family guy spinoffs but like what was like how many like actual real cartoons of plots were there in like 2014 right when the first season of bojack or whenever the first season of bojack came out and i think now people are starting to appreciate animation again. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you can do a lot of different stuff. Like, and we're seeing it now more like, you know, just like in general animation, like Rick and Morty is one of the most popular shows around. Right. Like, 
and I, I'm not a religious watcher of Rick and Morty, but it's a good show. Yeah. Like, I like what I see. Like, it's not for me, but I'm not hating, hating on people that watch Rick and Morty. I get that it's an enjoyable show and it has like a semblance of a plot. We're starting to get that again. And I think now you can kind of play around with the medium. You, you can be more cartoonishly violent. You know, that pun was not intended, Zach. I I will say that was just that just (laughs) Just came out of my just move on. But (laughs) (laughs) I think that, you know, you can do more stuff and there are a lot of artists out there. And I think that the more like and I'm just talking like pen to paper artists, right? Or, you know, in this case, pen to computer artists. And so I think that we're going to get a lot of good animated stuff in like the next decade. Like we already have a lot of great animated stuff that just from this last decade, I know we're talking about superhero shows, but I think that like you're seeing with Harley Quinn, they're kind of expanding the medium. They're making it 10 times more violent. Right. And I think that's good for the show. You make more adult cartoons. People like cartoons. Yes. And I mean, you're right. Animation is kind of like getting wider respect. And I think I can speak for all three of us. When we when I say uh, we never stopped respecting animation, <laughs> I mean if you listen if you listen to Circle City Cinema, you know how I feel about like Pixar. I think Pixar is the most innovative studio working right now, the most creative studio working right now, and I don't think that's a stretch to say. Spider Verse, Spider Verse is one of yeah. my five favorite movies of all time. Yes, and I'd have to argue it's like probably like my favorite Spider Man film of all time, actually. And I, you know what? I don't think anybody would say, I don't think anybody would argue with you, Chris. Mm. I mean, like that's, I mean, yeah, the Raimi, the first two Raimi ones are hold a spot, you know, sen- sentimentally, but like Spider-Verse, just like top to bottom in terms of quality, that's, pro- that's probably at the top. Mm. I mean, won, won an Oscar. Yeah, and it's like, I honestly, I think that uh, that movie kind of like gave more respect to like animated films and having them being like they'd be more noticed about the academy really yeah that's yeah i don't i don't want to get into them but <laughs> don't uh, say that don't say the a word around zach oh uh, no I, my apologies <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get into them but um yeah we'll, we'll just we'll just move on um i'm with alex i think the the biggest reason is the rise of the MCU and just conflict movies in general. Like that's where the money is all due respect. If you're a studio, like that's where to go. I mean, I think Spider-Verse Chris made like over 300 million on like a 75 budget. Mm. Like, I so think- even a, even an animated movie like that can make bank. Yeah. Were you going to say something about it? Um, that's like that's surprising and it's like um kind of hearing like the behind the scenes of the film it's like each frame took them like a week to draw and like that's just like insane because like i took an animation class and it's like i have like a newfound respect for animators after taking that class because like yeah it's ridiculous yeah and if you just talk about like the art of animation what spider-verse did for that forget storytelling just animation in general (laughs) i think it i think it took them like I think two, three years to find the right animation style, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was and worth like, it. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, but. I'm glad they took that long because, I mean, just like they were dealing with different animation styles in the movie like itself, like with, you know, Spider-Pig in particular, which, yeah, that's all, folks. Is he allowed to say that <laughs> legally? 
some anime as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Most like, definitely. really, really good stuff from the Spider-Verse directors. But I think, like, I don't think... Here's here's a hot take for you guys. They should have made the last episode of WandaVision animated. Like, the last sitcom episode of WandaVision animated. Oh. Take the, take the Simpsons approach. Yeah, or, yeah. like, the 90s episode. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, for um, obvious reasons that we can all understand... Liz Olson, who I will hold the grudge against for the rest of my life. Um, she, you know, she didn't want to do full house parody. That's fine. You know, but like, Whatever. I think a Simpsons parody for the show would have been great. Mm. Like, and I think it would have been like, show Wanda have that much power, but obviously they need to fit it within the large area. But I, I think that would have, that should, they should have done that. That, you know what? I would have gone for that. <laughs> totally would have gone for that. Um and finally the voice cast. I just want to have the voice cast. Um I think we gotta start with Steven Yoon as uh Mark Grayson Invincible. Steven Yoon nominated for an Oscar this year. <laughs> I thought I didn't think he had a chance to win, but this is a guy who was on The Walking Dead, all due respect, and like he was nominated for an Oscar this year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, but Alex, or I'll throw it to Chris. General thoughts on Steven Yeun here? I mean, pretty, pretty spot on. Actually, you know, I had um, I didn't picture uh, Steven Yeun being the voice of Mark. Actually, I was going to have a uh, Yuri Lothenhal, I think the voice actor for Spider Man. Ah, yeah. I I saw him doing uh, Mark's voice, but I mean, like Steven Yeun, like I'll be honest, like he really, he, uh, he really grew on me. So like, I really like him as a uh, Mark. And like it's it's honestly it's crazy just like seeing how like he's come like how far he's came as like an actor um from like the walking dead and it's like he's got nominated for an oscar and that's like really that's really fucking amazing and like he's a really good actor and it's like i want to like see him like eventually get that oscar you know what i mean so like, i want to see more oh, yeah. from him in the future yeah and we're definitely going to um alex what thoughts on steven here i thought he went bar to bar with jk simmons and that wasn't easy to do like he held his own voice acting wise against like you would voice acting is hard right like you got to bring inflections to something you're not actually doing like i can talk and you know i can make like a frowny face or like you know a smiley face like if i'm reading a line right like i know to act you're not doing that in animation you're talking into a microphone and then someone's going to do that for you and what he was able to do, what he and J.K. Simmons were able to do, and I know we'll talk about J.K. Simmons in a second, but that whole like first 20 minutes of this last episode of Invincible, he like the emotion just was on his voice and it was very palpable. And I thought that he knocked it out of the park, you know, fuck the Cardinals. Um <laughs> But he like he hit a home run with his voice acting. Like he really, he really killed it. And I'm very, I'm obviously the rise for him is very happy. You know, I I I didn't watch The Walking Dead, you know, full time, but I, I knew I saw him on The Walking Dead, and I'm surprised he's here too. And I'm just glad that he's getting a chance to shine and be like the lead actor on a show of this caliber. And I really want to see where he takes his role. And he's the perfect for it because I don't think he's that young. He sounds young. Like uh, I don't, I think he's yeah, I think he's in his thirties, but I think it's like early thirties. He he did a good job sounding like a teenager. 
Yeah, he did. That's a good point. He did. Yeah, and, I, I'm glad you brought up voice acting because just voice acting in general. Because if there's some schmuck listening right now at home saying, you know what, I I could do that. I could, I could be a voice actor. Just shut up. Go on your phone. Go to YouTube and type in Arkham City behind the scenes and watch Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy voice the Joker and Batman, and you're gonna come away being like, yeah, couldn't couldn't do that. Mark Hamill is like legitimately acting when he's voicing the Joker, like shriveling his body up and just <laughs> getting in like the the facial expressions. He's not like blankly speaking to a microphone then changing his voice. He's like all in. So I just I'm glad you brought that up, Alex, because voice acting's hard. It's hard as hell. And I have a lot of respect for guys like like Tom Hanks who voices Woody. Like, this mm-hmm. guy's been acting his whole life in live action and doing a hell of a job at it. And then Pixar is like, hey, you need to voice uh, Woody for 20 years and do a good job at it. And he, it might be it might be his most iconic role, Woody. Like, it's, I don't think that's too far off to say. Well, and, like, you go to the show, right? And, like, this show had uh, Vicky from the Fairly Odd Parents in it. She was the voice of uh, of Monster Girl. Wow, I didn't know like, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I was like she has like a like her um mm-hmm. she has like a lot of roles, like famous roles. Um yeah. Catwoman. Um I think it's on other people too. Uh, on top of my head, it's like she has a lot of she's like she's like a really prominent voice actor. But like there are people that like do this for a living, like Billy West, right? Iconic voice actor. Tom Kenny, you know, icon like there's like five people who have like a lot of Hank um, Azaria. Hank Azaria, exactly. Like they have a bunch of voice roles. And for for Steven Yeun, I don't know if he's ever done this before. And I mean, J.K. Simmons just yeah, has the voice sure. where I, it's more, I would say it's more natural for him. But like Steven Yeun made it come in and looked very, like, obviously looked, it sounded very natural. You know, like he did a really good job. Yeah. I would throw uh, Tara Strong out there as well. I'm, I know, like, Chris, speaking of the Batman show, like, she voices Harley Quinn. I think she even voiced Batgirl once. Yeah, and you also, um, I know, like, you, kind of, you guys forgot about Frank Welker. Ah, damn it, we like, did. The, the voice of Scooby-Doo, Fred yeah. Jones. <laughs> um, I think I think it was Me- Megatron, too. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. One of the Transformers, yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Uh man, that was another one I wanted to bring up too. Uh, uh man, I was gonna say, well, Steve Bloom. Um, I don't know if you guys know who that is. Uh, that's another voice actor. I know he's mainly known for um voicing Wolverine. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course the goat Mel Blanc voice like oh, every yes. every Looney Tunes character ever. <laughs> yeah. If you can think of a Looney Tunes, odds are Mel Blanc voiced it at one point. Um, let's move on to J.K. Simmons because speaking of like facial expressions, I can actually see him just blankly into the mic speaking, but acting as well. Like <laughs> Alex, what it take J.K. Simmons here? Because in terms of appearance, I thought it was perfect, honestly. Just in terms of how the character looked, and also like there's some range to this character. Yeah, there's some emotional depths to the character. Like like we were talking about earlier. When he's beating the shit out of Mark, you know, like that's not like, you know, oh, I'm like he's stoic at times, but then at times 
you see like the rage on his face. Like he, like even in the voice boost, like you heard, you hear the like the scream he lets out after the vision he has of Mark playing baseball, right? Like you, you hear that scream, and I, I it it helps so much that he looks exactly like J.K. Simmons. He's a dead fucking raider <laughs> for J.K. Simmons, the character on the show, but like he just brought such depth to the character and like at, when he needed to speak softly he spoke softly when he yelled he yelled he did all these things very well he brought like a whole range of emotions to this character and i think that jk like jk simmons really was the star of the show i don't think any of us would probably like just in terms of like pure performance like he really and i'm not saying anything bad about the other people like he just made the character a lot more whole it's kind of like um the guy who plays Homelander, Chris, like he makes the role because he's such a good fucking Homelander. <laughs> and I would say the same thing about JK Simmons here. Yeah, I would say it too. And I don't think that's off base to say, because all due respect to the rest of the actors here. I think JK Simmons was the best actor in the lineup. And there's some like Steven Yeun, Oscar nominee, Walton Goggins been in a lot of stuff. Sandra O oh been in a lot of stuff. Mahershal Ali. Like, shit, these aren't scrubs. So, <laughs> I just think, I thought he was the best actor. I thought it was the best voice acting performance in the show. Like, he can go from laid back, like we saw in, like, a movie like Juno, and can go off the rails, like, J. Jonah Jameson or, or Whiplash. And he, we saw the full, I thought we saw the full spectrum, the full range in this show. Uh, uh, Chris, what did you think of J.K. Simmons? I think he was like really phenomenal, um, voice and knowing. Um, and I agree with you, Alex, with my, like, um, I, it was the line where he was like, look, like think Mark, like, uh, what will you have in like 500 years? I'm like, you can like really hear that anger and like the anger and like, like that kind of like confusion as to like why, you know, like Mark's like, uh, you know, by making his like, pen, I stand up against him and whatnot. And, I think, I think that scene really just showed like his range as an actor. Hey, Alex or uh, Chris, tell the listeners who you uh, pictured voicing Omni Man because uh, had me and had me and Alex uh, looking at it differently. Oh uh, yeah, I was. I wanted to have a uh, Brian Cranston um, being the voice of Omni Man. <laughs> that would be a good like if it wasn't J.K. Simmons. That that would be a good, a great one to have. Yeah. I would bet Brian Cranston's probably a little more expensive than uh <laughs> than JK at this point. Although they're both probably very expensive, but still, you you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um well Brian Cranston could probably afford it because he has 80 million buried in the desert, so he could he could afford it. Uh Sandra O oh as Debbie Grayson. Any thoughts here? I thought she was like for the character, I thought like not the typical pushover superhero mom like the clueless superhero mom. She was like pretty all knowing except for the big Omni man stuff. <laughs> well, she found out what well, she found out. Yeah. She's not dumb and she's not a pushover, which I, we get that too often with this stuff. So what did you, well, Alex, what'd you think of this? There's a line early on in the series where when Mark gets his powers and he's like, I'll be normal just like everybody else. And she's like, fuck you basically (laughs) and like you felt it right because you felt the weight of her being like even before we knew about all this Omni-Man stuff you felt the weight of her being the only normal person in a family of three 
and the other two people are fucking Superman, basically. Like, you felt that weight on her shoulders, and then as the series progressed and she found out more about <laughs> Omni-Man, like, you could tell just every... Sandra, oh, hit a, again. She's, she had a slam dunk. You know, like, just very, very good in her role. I thought she, I thought she killed it, frankly. Like, I thought that she brought a good presence to that, to that role, just like a good calming presence to the role. And I think that's what made it special for me. Totally did. Chris thoughts on Sandra. O. Oh? No, I thought she was, um, she was perfect for, uh, the role also too, for Debbie, uh, no disagreements here. No disagreements. And my last one that I had was, and we can add any more that you guys want to talk about, but last one I had was Walton Goggins as Cecil. Some reason in my head, I had Timothy Oliphant voice in this guy. It just sounded like Timothy Oliphant. Uh, my only note is put Walton Goggins in more stuff. <laughs> Watch The Righteous Gemstones if you haven't. It's on HBO. It's a fucking hilarious show about. Um, so it's 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 a Danny McBride show. It's about mega oh. churches. And about like how like corrupt they can be. And it is fucking hilarious. Walton Goggins, he plays a character named Uncle Baby Billy. And I'm not going to give you any more context. But <laughs> if you watch the show, he is the star of that show. Like, hands down. Walton Goggins is the star of that show. So I thought Walton Goggins was really good in the show. I didn't think it was him most of the time. I could hear it when he raised his voice. But right, I thought that the demeanor he had as Cecil, you know, that's the, that's the demeanor Cecil needs to have where he's, you know, very calm and collected, even though he knows that there's imminent danger coming. He's, that's he's the, been there, done that, you know, that's the role Cecil has to play. And I think that, you know, again, cast Walton Goggins and more stuff. I agree. But um, Chris, what did you think of the Walton Goggins as Cecil? I actually like, um, had to look him up and it's like, it's surprising. It's like, I've seen him in like, ant-man and the wasp yeah all about that <laughs> but um no i think he's really good for the for the role of cecil really yeah it's not like when i say put him in more stuff it's not like he's not in a lot of stuff like chris said he's in ant-man the wasp uh alex he was in the hateful eight mm-hmm. like yeah he was in justified which was a pretty popular show he was i mean they were all racist in this movie but he was the racist guy that he has the interaction with in Django. <laughs> Everybody was racist, yeah. Okay, yes, I'll have to be more specific. Um, that he shoot, <laughs> that he shoot, He's not the guy who shoots off the horse, but he's he's taunting Django before they go into the into Candyland. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had the horrible teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, any other ones you guys wanted to talk about before we close it out here? We talked about. Um, oh, John Hamm was in the show. Jesus, I did not realize he was a, a Secret Service agent. Oh, okay. Easy paycheck for John Him. He was the uh, he was the security guard at the front of the first episode. Oh my god! Easiest paycheck of his career. <laughs> Easily. Um, I thought that Jason Manzukis as Rex Blood. Yeah, that, he was good. Like he brought the asshole energy that you needed for Rex Blood. Um, Jillian Jacobs as Adam Eve. Yes. She, you know, she brought the good energy. I'm looking through the cast right now. And Seth Rogen, I mean, 
really good as Alan the Alien. Really, like I thought the Alan the Alien sequences were just fucking awesome. <laughs> and he did a good job. So that's all I have. Do you have any more, Chris? I was gonna say uh, Clancy Brown. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Yes, as the demon. Yeah, like actually, like, and it's kind of kind of funny because like Damian Darkblood is kind of like a joke in the comic. They just sidetrack a little bit. It's like he um. He's kind of like, he's like an old fashioned detective and like he doesn't really keep up with stuff. So like by the time he finds something now, everybody knows like what's going on and whatnot. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a like a like a uh, repeating thing a little bit in the comics. I thought that was um they kind of changed it up for him in the show. I kind of like that for him now. I liked him. I hope he comes back. Yeah, we need more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Should have set him did- at the top. We didn't talk about Damien Darkblood. That's, that's, <laughs> I loved his uh, character, just him being all suspicious, and uh, and his mom. I can't. I don't know. I can't. Remember. Debbie finding his notebook helps yeah. spur on the um spur on the thing. Um, Clancy Brown was the uh was the fucker in uh Shawshank Redemption. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And we didn't bring him up talking about great voice actors. This dude is Mr. Krabs, and he's Lex Luthor. And I have to say, like um. The animated like uh like the DCAU version of like Lex Luthor is like hands down like the definitive Lex oh. Luthor. Oh god. Wow, okay. long shot. It's just like he he embodies what Lex Luthor is as a character. I agree. Justice League is now I told Alex it's on HBO. Check it out. Lex Luthor shows up pretty early on. He shows up in like episode three. And you can also watch a uh, Superman the animated series too. He also shows up in that as well. A lot. Shows up in that a lot. But like I agree. I totally agree, Chris. When I think of Lex Luthor, I think of Clancy Brown's Lex Luthor. It's not, I don't even think of anybody else. Definitely don't think of Eisenberg. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's another name you can't say around Zach is Jesse Eisenberg. When somebody says trash, I think of Eisenberg. I think of of Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I I wholeheartedly agree agree with that. Like, I'm like, like, what what do you guys see? Like, Jesse Eisenberg, like, I don't. When I picture him, I picture um the guy from Can You See Me? Can you see wait, what's it? Now yeah. you see me? Now you, yeah, now you see, see me. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Hey, maybe they should have classed maybe they should have cast a I don't know, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown's a good enough actor to pull it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's yeah, that's one Zach's opinion. <laughs> uh well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on. And talking about Invincible, it's we gotta have you on for uh, when Loki gets fired up. Yeah, most definitely I have to. It's like I'm looking forward to that show. Um, probably that's like my second favorite, um, second show. I'm looking forward to the first has to be Miss Marvel. So, ah, I like it. I like it. And Alex, I want to thank you for coming on again. Of course, uh, thanks for having me, Zach. And thank you for binging this show because it was my pleasure. And I, I want to apologize I, again because I don't know what the fuck I was doing sitting on my hands being like, nah, I'm not going to watch it. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think I could have steered the ship as well as you could have. So thank you for benching it. <laughs> it was my pleasure. And folks, you know, Alex, we got we got a plug. We got a plug. Yeah, we, we, we have go. to it's plug. Just, it's, what, it's what we do. It's just totally shameless. What do, what do you got? So, OK, so Power Hour last week, we discussed the Timberwolves, a.k.a. my new favorite team in the NBA. Um, I, I love the Timberwolves all year, but they're really starting to shine, especially now that they fired their coach and they replaced them. Um, really? He fired a bad coach and he took off? I don't, I don't get it. Well, I mean, here's the thing, guys. So this, <laughs> the, the, the guy they hired 
was the coach in Denver when Jokic started playing well. And then the next year, you guys remember that uh, 2018 Pelicans team that made it to the second round? Yeah, and without Boogie. And absolutely destroyed the um, the Trailblazers in the first round. He was the coach. Or he was an assistant coach on that team. So I wonder why they started exploding. And we talked about the Clippers and the 76ers. That was a blast. This week will be the Warriors, the Bulls, and the Celtics. So make sure you go check that out. Um, Lynn Sanity going to be starting their NBA coverage. So I can't wait to hear Bryce and Caleb on that. Battleground, sounds like I'll be filling in for our boy uh, Jerry tomorrow. So Yes, yes. Um, well, that should be an exciting show. Top, they had their mock draft. Go listen to that to see how well they did compared to the uh, their predictions. I think they, they had a couple exactos, but then they had some guys. Everybody missed on a couple picks, including Oakland and uh, New York in particular. So go ch- make sure you go check that out. And what else? Um, Divine Rhyme. They did J. Cole. They finished up their J. Cole series last week. They're now moving on to Schoolboy Q. So make sure you go check that out. And then I'm trying to think. I think that's all the shows we got. Um, From One Young Soul to Another, Dylan Hughes' book. All right. If you don't buy this book, it's $7.50. Okay. That's not a lot of money. If you don't buy this book, all right, I'm going to go to your house and fill your mailbox with rocks. What's more valuable? $7.50 or not having your mailbox full of rocks? I'll let you decide. Go buy the book. And Zach, what do you have coming up on cinema? I'm going to fill your pillowcase with bars of soap and beat the shit out of you. (laughs) Uh, Cinema uh, got Road to Fast 9, Fast 5 with uh, Devin filling in for Bryce and JD. I think we're going to record that next week. And then uh, favorite movie series, Dylan Hughes is on with Parasite. So check that out. That'll probably be next week as well. And then a Boys in the Hood 30th anniversary uh, pod, one of my favorite movies ever, with uh, JD and his brother Jamal. So check that out when that comes out. That hoping to record that, uh, but this month, if not in June, I want. I really want to get that out before the summer hits. And then best picture draft for the years 1990 to 2020 with Alex and Bryce. Oh man, I I need to catch up. So I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to tell you I'm watching uh, crash and I won't be watching crash. I'll be watching something else. So I'm going to keep you on your toes there. Well, my first pick is going to be the artist and it's not even close. (laughs) The King's speech, Zach, the King's speech. Uh, I can't even joke about that. That, No, 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 no. Uh, Well guys, again, thanks for coming on. And as always folks, Thanks for listening.